My name's Wayne Rigney. I'm one of the founders of the Retail School and welcome to the first of what is going to be an information series based podcast dedicated to understanding what's happening in the Australian retail industry. The Retail Score is an analytics company that focuses on providing services to retailers across the world and in Australia we have over 100 retail brands that use our services. As part of that we have access to an incredible amount of information relating to that retail industry and from time to time we collate that information and produce a range of KPIs, obviously anonymized, that are designed to provide direction as to what's actually happening within the retail industry. Quite specifically, we want to delve beyond the simple what's happening with headline sales. And there are many sources of information that can deliver that kind of information. ABS, stats, other bodies release that kind of information. What I think is going to be more interesting for the viewers of this podcast and for our clients is what's happening to the levers and the drivers that really control the industry. What's happening with KPIs like margins and discounting? What's happening with stock? What's happening with other KPIs like basket size and the like? And be able to drill down to those through channel across different timeframes and help provide some context as to the behaviours that are actually taking place within the retail sector today. We're going to call this podcast The Scoreboard. It's a pun on the retail score's name, sure, but what it's more importantly aligns itself to is trying to give retailers a clear view of what's happening on the scoreboard as we run into critical times of the year. And there's no more critical time than right now coming into Christmas. So we're going to start by taking a look back at what's happened the first half of this financial year and try and understand a little bit more about how retailers are reacting to what is an interesting economic climate that we face. So first up, I want to take a look at what's happening with sales. And it's fair to say that from a scoreboard perspective, we're calling a retail recession um, active at the moment. Why do we call a retail recession? Well, quite simply, we've seen since May continuous declines in like-for-like sales, okay? And that's across uh, an annualised sales revenue of about $5 billion encapsulating over 6,000 physical stores as well as you know, literally hundreds of online businesses. These, um, these numbers are like-for-like numbers. So the, the numbers that we're referring to mean that the location or the, the channel must have been trading for more than 12 months. And as you can see here, we've seen um, sales declines accelerate through from literally May onwards to um, a quite a tough um, result for October, which was down 6.6%. When we consider like-for-like sales, obviously retailers are also opening up new locations, creating new websites. And so even where we factor those numbers in, we're still seeing consistent declines ranging from anywhere from 3.5% through to 5% or more. And October was a particularly um, tough month for retail. We're going to delve into where uh, where and why that occurred. I think one of the key things to understand about the the channel movement is, um, or these growth numbers more importantly, is what's happening within the various channels. We've seen significant declines in online channels. Okay, And I think that's a reflection of, of customers post-COVID shoppers moving back into shopping centres, re-engaging back into traditional um, shopping patterns. And in fact, 
on a like-for-like basis when it comes to stores, we're seeing some modest growth across our portfolio of customers, particularly in October. But that was offset by a very, very significant decline in online sales. Upwards of 20% we saw through August, um, July and August and September. Those are significant numbers and numbers that can't be, um, can't be ignored. And, uh, and we feel that, you know, there's been a lot of um, discounting going on in those channels as well to compensate for that, um, that decline in, in traffic. One of the things we're able to do at the retail score is um, segment our customers. And our customers traditionally work across designer, apparel brands and accessories and, um, and footwear, as well as ready-to-wear. And what we broadly classify as home and leisure. So that's anyone who's in the kind of homewares, giving, uh, sporting categories, etc. Anything associated with home and leisure. By far the toughest segment at the moment in terms of uh, straight life for light growth is actually the ready-to-wear sector. And... Um, and that is also, by the way, out the largest sector that we track. Designers on a life-for-life basis have been doing reasonably well. I think um, there's enough. Um, I think that that's probably a reflection of the customer base of the designer and how he or she shops relative to the ready-to-wear market, which is probably is definitely hitting into a broader um, segment of the market in Australia. And... I think this points very clearly at cost of living pressures playing a significant part in this um, this retail landscape at the moment. Consumers are cutting back in order to maintain things like mortgage payments in a high interest rate environment and certain categories that are discretionary in nature are more subject to um, feeling the effects of that. And I think some of the broader ready-to-wear categories are certainly feeling the pinch there. And so it's interesting to see how retailers are responding. This is not an overnight challenge. This has been going on, as we have seen, since June, May, June, July. Those declines have been quite precipitous. And you'll notice it actually peaked. Peak decline was in August. And we've seen a, a few behaviours that have happened through August, September, October, which I really think reflect what's going on. The biggest movement we have seen has been around discounting. Now, Australia has its quite a unique trait where it is there is a over-reliance, one could say, on discounting and promotions, particularly within specialty fashion, particularly within specialty home and leisure. We have trained consumers over decades to look for the big yellow sticker, the big sales sign. And customers are very well educated on this. And uh, as you walk through uh, any, any major mall through um, the last quarter, you would see, have seen a lot of percent off signs stuck in windows, including um, retailers putting store-wide sales and percent, percent sales off um, promotions who never traditionally did that kind of behaviour. And when you discount excessively or more than you traditionally have, you take a hit on GP. And as we say at the retail score, GP pays the bills. So if you take a, a quick look at this, um, this analysis here, we're seeing a significant decline in GP percent, coupled with a, uh, correlating directly to a significant um, increase in discounting. And those GP declines are 2% or more. 
year on year for the last three months. That is quite significant when you consider um, what that means for any retailer um, out there today. Take 2% points off a $100 million turnover retailer and that's $2 million EBIT straight off the bottom line. When you couple that with a 7, 6, 7, 8% decline in sales year on year anyway, that can spell a really significant erosion of profitability. Now, um, it is pleasing to see that in October, the steeper discountings um, subsided somewhat. Discounting was only, you know, one or two points um, more than it was last year and GP differentials shifted back to kind of just 1% or even half a percent off last year. So I think there's good news there that um, enough retailers have, 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 you know, taken their medicine and decided that October is not a month to be discounting. And I, I do think, though, that that probably suggests that the retailer knows that November, particularly Black Friday week, is going to be a big week for discounting. And I suspect we're going to see a lot more of that in in November. So what does this discounting and GP um, reduction trend mean as we come into the critical Black Friday and Christmas trading period? I think it's fair to say that given we have seen... Um, Five, six months in a row where discounting has been greater this year than last year and GP has been lower. I think it's fair to say that we will see discounting deeper through the Black Friday trading period and into Christmas. I suspect that that will translate to Black Friday specials starting earlier as retailers look to grab their fair share of the pie. We may see Boxing Day sales materialise earlier than Christmas Day or Boxing Day. And the depth of discount that retailers will offer is almost certainly going to be greater than than we've seen in the last couple of years. So it's going to be an interesting time and we're going to talk, we're going to drill a little bit more into this this discounting um, conundrum during a a deep dive um, later later in the podcast. There's one other critical point as we come into Christmas that I think is worth looking at, though, and that is stock levels. This time last year, stock levels were very high within this discretionary retail area. And the reason was there was fear about supply chains, there was fear about, um, there was fear about accessing stock in, in a, a post-COVID environment, and retailers took a very cautious approach as to the timing of their stock and the depth of that stock. What are we seeing this year with respect to stock um, levels? Last year, at this point in time, stock cover through September and October was significantly higher than it is this year. In fact, total stock levels are, uh, are down on last year every month from June through to October. And that's actually quite a good thing for the um, for the industry, it says that the industry isn't bloated with inventory. Although I do think we need to add one little caveat uh, to this equation. Last year, the retail sector had been was very cautious of potential site supply chain interruptions, and there was a significant push to pull forward purchasing to deal with those post-COVID supply chain disruptions. So stock levels did build up significantly higher through September, October, as opposed to the traditional Christmas build, which is an October, November, December build. Having said that, we are still looking at 
stock levels that are a good 10% down on last year. And that means that there's probably been a cautious approach to buying through this period as a result of the softness that was seen um, earlier in the calendar year, um, which we've already described. So I think there has been a bit more conservative buying of stock, and I think this is overall a good result for the industry. So in conclusion, what are we saying? We're saying that there really is a retail recession right now within the industry. The, the data that we're seeing, particularly life-for-life performance, particularly the discounting and GP performance that we've seen, suggests that consumers are being, being highly discretionary in the way they shop and that most discretionary retailers are feeling that pinch. The ABS statistics will tell you that categories, that overall retail spending's up and up modestly. But the reality is that those are, that's across a very broad array of categories and within the categories that we're referring to here, particularly apparel, fashion, uh, home and leisure, that's simply um, a different story. And there's another really critical point around this that I think we need to make. In an environment where costs are rising at 5 6 7% annually, retail really needs to see sales growing at the same rate to simply maintain status quo, to stand still. So when you're seeing CPI increases increasing at 6 7%, which is dragging, uh, feeding through to particularly wages and rents, which are the two critical fixed costs that retailers face, there is a lot of pressure coming to bear on the, on the sector. If you then overlay a decline in sales of 5 6% and an erosion of GP by one, two, three points, that adds up to a, what could be a significant erosion of the profitability of the Australian retail sector. So the way that we react as an industry, the way that um, the consumers react to how we react through the period um, that we're about to come into is going to be very, very critical. And uh, we'll be certainly tracking those KPIs closely post Black Friday and into Christmas. Now, during these podcasts, we are also going to do some deep dives where we drill into a specific issue and look to see what's actually taking place and what we think the likely outcomes are to be. Today, we are going to focus on the issue of discounting within the sector. And we, in particular, are going to focus down on what's taking place with respect to um, GP and um, and the effects of um, the effects of discounting around that. As we have already previously discussed, there's been a significant amount of discounting taking place within the sector. And the motivation for that is twofold. One, there may be a genuine need to move stock, particularly seasonal product. That soft um, um, soft sales result that we th- saw through you know June, July, August would really have hurt those apparel um, retailers who have a high degree of seasonality in their stock. It was actually also a very mild winter in Australia, so um, to that extent, retailers are going to be even more inclined to do some heavier discounting in order to clear that seasonal stock. Now, why do retailers do that? Well, quite simply, they need to recycle that cash to fund the next buy. And there's no point putting last year's winter coats into the warehouse 
um, and to bring them out next winter, that doesn't serve the purposes of of the retailer's balance sheet um, well, and nor does it align itself well with what retailers want to do, which is always bring out newness and freshness. So particularly in the designer sector, we saw incredibly high levels of discounting through the last month. A lot of that would be things like warehouse sales and large events to clear samples. But, you know, the designer brands clearly had to do some movement of inventory in a way that would um, clear the decks for the next season stock. So that's one of the motivations for doing it. The second one, though, and the harder one for the CFOs and C-level um, executives of the retailers um, within the sector today is to try and maintain some form of headline revenue growth through discounting. Now, that's a real conundrum because the reality is that there is a exponentially inverse relationship between discounting and the volume of stock that you actually need to move to maintain sales. What do we mean by this? Well, let's say we were selling widgets for $10 a pop, and uh, historically we'd sell 100 a month uh, to achieve a sales of $1,000. But let's say we saw those demand for widgets start to fall away, and so we, we made the decision to take 20% off the cost of widgets. Okay, and we wanted to sell them for $8. In order to achieve $1,000 of sales, we actually have to sell 25% more volume. It's not just the 20, it's the 25. If we were to drop the price of the widget from $10 to $7.50, we actually have to sell 33% more of, the, of, the, of those widgets. If you drop it to 30%, you've got to sell 43% more widgets. If you go to 50% off, you actually have to sell 100% more of the inventory in order to just simply stand still and maintain what you were selling before. And in a world where people are conscious of spending money and are facing cost of living pressures, that is a really big ask because you're asking the consumer to actually consume more at a time when they're looking to perhaps restrain consumption. There is a real conundrum there. And whilst the idea of putting in a bigger discount to attract more customers into your store makes sense at one level, on the other hand, side of the coin, you are asking a heck of a lot of that customer to fork out significantly amount of more purchasing in order to meet your headline sales number. It's a real challenge. And that hockey stick um, relationship between discounting and volume growth that you need really needs to be appreciated because, you know, certainly we've seen in the last three or four months some deeper discounting that did not translate to headline growth for certain retailers, okay? And that type of um, uh, scenario is playing out across lots of different retailers today. So it's a tough decision for, for, the, um, for the retailer to make right now. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how retailers react through this, through this trading cycle. The next thing we want to talk about as a deep dive is is what else can retailers be doing at this time to maintain profitability? And we're going to talk about productivity um, a bit through this series because 
so much about what we see in terms of using data and using insights and analytics is about seeing where there's opportunities to create productivity to drive uh, better returns for, for the company. Now, retail's um, an interesting business in the sense that there are a significant amount of fixed costs that can't be avoided. There's a stock itself. There's rents that, you know, come up for review every five years but are otherwise pretty much locked in. Um, and th there's head office staff and the like that um, are, are, are pretty, pretty, pretty critical. There's also store staff. However, there is a degree of variability within store staff. And it's fair to say that in-store labour, particularly physical labour in the, in, with working within the stores, is one of the true variable costs for a retailer. Now, there is a flaw to that. Obviously, it needs to have a minimum of one person to open a store. But I think there's a lot of focus right now in the industry around the timing of when what's often called lunch covers, two ICs, the additional floor staff come into the picture. The way that uh, modern day awards are working with retail means that a very small adjustment in way in the amount of um, hours worked by staff across a, a portfolio of stores can translate to quite a significant saving for a retailer. If you were to, if you were a, a, a chain of twenty stores and you were to save one hour a day of staff, that would translate to a quarter of a million dollars. Yep. Thirty minutes of a staff saved per day for a chain of stores with one hundred and fifty stores translates to almost a million dollars of savings. These are big numbers for small savings, and so a lot of um, a lot of retailers should be focused on this. And I think there's some interesting things that are running through as we come in to this period. Firstly, we at TRS, we've seen a significant amount of increase in our customers looking to bring in their payroll data to integrate it with their sales data to do deep dive analytics around labour costs with respect to sales and when, those, when, when and where those sales are occurring. We're seeing significant focus down on the timing of... Um, when, when transactions are occurring, and that can include the integration of store traffic data or traffic counter data to, in order to, to, to view those efficiencies. As we come through this period, um, I think there's a few observations that we can make. Number one, the week leading up to Black Friday, we'll see a dip in demand. We think customers are very well educated about what's coming to them at the end of November, and I think the week leading up to Black Friday will be a quieter week, a good opportunity to not overstock your staff. Also, the days immediately preceding Black Friday events will be quieter. Customers will be waiting for their goods to arrive. They will have all gorged themselves on Black Friday specials and there is a definite dip in the first week of December and again, to me, that's an opportunity to fine-tune and squeeze a few hours out of the roster for the week. I think there's also going to be a very interesting argument as we run through the sales cycle come post-Christmas as to what staffing levels need to be in those, not the first one, two or three days of Boxing Day sales, but certainly beyond that, given the amount of discounting that's already been in the pipe leading up to Christmas. Um, so... 
in short, I think there's right now there is no better time to be focusing down on productivity within your store wage, um, store wages sector, and looking for those increments of when do we start the shifts, when do we stop the shifts. Thirty minutes matters at an aggregate level for a large retailer. And when you set that against the context of what we're seeing with GP, with sales decline, et cetera, any clawback on those costs can help offset what has already been an erosion of margin through GP and sales declines. So store productivity, a big thing for this uh, this this next quarter. So we're going to wrap it there for the first iteration of the TRS scoreboard podcast. Thank you for listening. We will aim to produce this podcast monthly um, and share with you a consistent set of KPIs and insights that hopefully you will find useful, put some context around how you are actually trading um, out there in the retail world. And we will also continue to delve deep into some of the pressing issues that we, we see in the industry. So thanks for listening. We'll speak to you next time.